Hey everyone, it's Amy Lynn Durham and you're listening to Create Magic at Work. Create Magic at Work is on a mission to equip senior leaders with tools they need to be a true servant leader and actually understand what that means. Improve employee engagement, retain top talent, and transform your workplace culture to have less stress and drama. So let's start making magic. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Create Magic at Work. Today, I am so excited to have Maya Roffler joining us. She's an event and sales strategist. She's a leadership expert and mentor. She's also a fellow podcaster, a podcast strategist, and a brand strategist. I met Maya when I was a guest on her podcast called The My Opinion, and we really hit it off talking about spiritual intelligence, and I loved her take on leadership and bringing the feminine energy or the divine feminine side back to the workplace. So I asked Maya to join us today to sort of discuss those leadership topics. Maya, welcome to Create Magic at Work. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Can you introduce yourself in your own words to the guests and the listeners? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to. So yeah, I'm Maya Roffler. I am the founder of My Opinion. So it is a podcast, like you said. Uh, It's the My Opinion podcast. It's the leadership podcast for women. So if you're interested in listening to leadership topics from myself and women of all different walks of life, tune into it. Um, But I also uh, LLC'd myself off of the brand, which is kind of unique. Not everybody does that. Uh, I kind of did it backwards. So I own a couple businesses under my opinion. I have an event logistics company under my opinion. I also um, dabble in some leadership aspects. I do different things with that. And yeah, that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. I have a, a couple other companies too that I'm happy to chat about, but yeah. So I founded my opinion back in 2017. Congratulations on that. I love the podcast. Can you share what inspired you to not to, well, you can share how, what inspired you to start my opinion, but also to pivot um, the podcast to women in leadership? Oh yeah. I love talking about this. Absolutely. So I started the podcast in April, I believe it was April of 2017, maybe recording before then, but I was actually on a, believe it or not, I look back at this now and I can't, oh, anyway, I was on a dating show in 2016 and I had a friend, um, very close friend who had been in radio for over 20 years and he convinced me that I should podcast. He was like, you should podcast. You'd be great at this. Like you have a great voice. You could do this. And I'm like, no way. I like, I don't even know anything about radio. I don't know anything about podcasting. I had done live television before. So I thought like, okay, maybe I have some of these skills, but I'm not sure. But he also thought it was really important that I shared my story because I lost my brother to a homicide while filming a dating show. I mean, it was an intense experience. Well, Lo and behold, I I listened to him and long story short, we ended up doing three seasons together. He was my co-host. He produced it. And my opinion was a nickname. People have always told me I'm very opinionated. I am. And so we just did the podcast and named it that. And I told my opinion about the show and my opinion about the experience. And I got to tell like my story about what was really going on behind the scenes. And I decided to wrap it up after three seasons. It was a great experience. It was also kind of unrealistic because we had so many downloads and so many listeners because it was 
a reality show. It was a really public platform. So I thought, oh my God, like I had so much success. Like, you know, we were paid and, you know, I had people sending me merch and all this stuff. So I just knew I didn't want to talk about reality television forever because that was such a short period of time in my life, right? So Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, okay, let me take a minute. Let me take a break and let me think about, you know, what makes sense for Maya and what does my opinion really mean? Because that's my brand. That's my name. And when I relaunched in late 2019, I relaunched my opinion as the leadership podcast for women because I started in corporate America at the ripe age of 22, (laughs) not knowing anything about leadership, not knowing anything about the cultural things I would go through or the things you talk about, EQ, SQ, none of this stuff. I didn't know anything. And I wanted to share it. And I wanted to share it with young women that were walking into those positions or wanted to walk into those positions. And so here I am, you know, what, two, almost three years later, over a hundred episodes and I have a whole business. So the rest is history. Yeah. I love it. And it's so needed. I was in the same boat, you know, going into the corporate workspace without a lot of support for women in leadership at the very beginning. And what tends to happen is you start to emulate the other men that are in the room that are sitting around the table with you because you think that that's the way you're supposed to be in order to succeed. And then you shut down your feminine gifts energetically and you don't bring those to the table anymore. So all of a sudden you're running on competitiveness. I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing here for sure, right? I'm, I'm, I know no, there's different No, I'm, I'm like totally, <laughs> I, I went through the, this exact experience. That's why I'm sitting here just smiling. I'm like, oh my God, I went through this exact experience, like exact experience, because I think I shared this with you before, Amy, but to share it with your listeners, you know, when I started in corporate America, I was working for a company called Joseph A. Bank, right? And it was a very, it wasn't just men's clothing. It was a very male dominated corporate experience too. I was very fortunate to have my direct report be this incredible like rock star woman who had been in a very male dominant environment in the past. So I was mentored for a couple months while I was working for her. And then she ended up having to move on. She didn't want to relocate to the office there. And so that was great in the beginning. But for me, I was kind of left in this corporate you know, environment that was predominantly masculine. And to your point, it was happening to me exactly what you're talking about. And I didn't even know it until I moved on to my next corporate experience, which was at David's Bridal, and it was totally flipped. (laughs) We had a lot of women at the top, which was so wonderful for me to see. And we had some straight men, but a lot of gay men. So it was a totally different environment, right? And so I was told within the first week or two there, like, whoa, Like your emails and like your energy are so like, whoa. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, whoa, like, can you explain this to me? And apparently I was coming, I know this now in reflection, you know, 13 years later, wherever this was, but um, coming off very masculine and very cold and unempathetic. And I had taken on all these traits. So I'm like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, yep, yep. I've been there and it was a wonderful experience for me to go to a completely different environment and really tap back into what I didn't even realize was myself. And that's the deeper 
piece that I was getting at with our conversation right now is if you take it to a deeper level and you think about your first experience and the many women that go through that experience, and then you think about your other experience at the bridal place, would you say you felt like you could be more of a whole person or more of your authentic self working at the bridal place? Oh, 100%. It took me a little time because at first I was like, I didn't even realize that I had taken on this extreme masculine energy, right? And I didn't think that, I didn't think sending an email with just one word was cold. <laughs> it is yeah. cold. Like, what am I talking about? Well, one letter. I, yeah, right, I would get like right. one letter from a boss, like Y or N and for yes, yes or no. or <laughs> 100%. And I was doing this and I had like over a hundred people reporting to me. And I think two or three of them were guys. The rest were women, right? And so my boss was like, uh, no, no, we don't, like, we ask how people are doing, like, you know, you introduce yourself, like, and so it only took a couple months, but absolutely to answer your question, I started to feel much more like myself. And the four years I was with David's Bridal are, besides going out on my own and building my own companies and businesses, that was the best experience of my life. I look back at that and it was such a rewarding experience. It really taught me how to build teams positively. It taught me like, you know, vertically up and down. Right. And so I really, really got to know myself and got to know how to work, you know, in a positive environment with women that was also misconstrued too in a very male dominant environment. Like women are supposed to be pitted against each other. And that was totally flipped for me when I went into a very female dominant environment. So many different things changed for me. And I'm so grateful for that experience. And yes, I definitely got to be more of myself and tap into those things that I thought were, I don't know any other way to say it, but weak, but it's not weakness. It's actually a lot of strength that came out of that. I wouldn't have my own businesses today if it wasn't for that experience. Hey, magic makers, Amy here. Listen, I wanted to say to all of you, don't get hung up on the word spiritual. Spiritual intelligence is a faith neutral practice and it can be accessed by almost anyone. Your spiritual intelligence experience will be unique to you, and often it starts with making wise and compassionate decisions for yourself, and also working on boundaries and protecting your energy. Let me help guide you to lose the stress and overwhelm and feel that deeper sense of meaning in your life. Spiritually intelligent people practice making wise and compassionate decisions, even under great stress, and maintain inner and outer peace while doing so. You can't fake spiritual intelligence, but with some inner work, you'll be able to feel and exude this energy and everybody around you will notice and want to follow suit. Think about what your ripple effect is in this world and how you want to leave it. If you're interested in going on this transformational journey, reach out to me, email amy at createmagicatwork.net or go to createmagicatwork.net forward slash work with me, sending magic to everyone. Yeah. And the underlying piece from all of that is there's a lot of talk on LinkedIn and all throughout the workplace about how people don't feel like they can be their authentic selves at work. And I am generalizing here. I completely understand there's systemic issues that need to change. However, when we're talking about emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence and IQ as well, 
If you're working in a space that is predominantly IQ centered, let's say that. And I think that's where if we go back, you know, decades, that's sort of how these systems started. They're very IQ centered and men were in the workplace longer than women. And so we're coming into these systems that say, oh, you can be yourself, but only if you're this way, if you're only like us, Yes, (laughs) which, which is, it doesn't make sense. Right. And recognizing that. And what we're actually speaking to is this healthy balance of energy of the masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang, however you want to say it. And when we aren't balanced in that way, we don't feel like we can be ourselves at work. We're not expressing these full gifts that we have from the whole part of us. We're compartmentalizing ourselves and then we're only wearing certain masks and then we go home and then maybe we can take off the mask when we shut the door. And so that's no way to live. And that's why I love that you, I love what you stand for. I love your podcast. I love that we're talking about this. And I hope that all of the listeners that are sort of in that heavy masculine space understand that if you have more balance with this, you actually have more productivity and profitability. You don't have that scarcity feeling that you get when you're in that competitive vibe that you just have to step on people or put people against each other to win. I have all the data here. When people recognize the humanity in each other, it's a win-win. They're happier at their jobs. They don't want to leave. And they actually feel a deeper sense of meaning in their life, which, oh, by the way, helps them give back to the community, the planet, everything, and your company. So I got on a rant there, but I had to like really like excavate that and get to the bottom of the being your authentic self is what we're trying to be. And how do we be that? And when you're in your early 20s and you walk into a room and you're like, oh, this is my first corporate job. Oh, this is how I'm supposed to act. I'm supposed to act like I was up all night working and burnt myself out to prove I have this crazy stamina when really I'm hurting myself. Yeah. Or I'm supposed to only reply with like a short Y when someone asks me a question, the letter Y for yes, or, you know, brief, brief statements that aren't connecting with, I find myself to this day, I'm constantly unthreading who I was. Um, I can get very quick when I'm working in responses and I'm like, whoa, there's a human at the other side of that. I need to take a step back and recognize that. Yeah. So rant over. (laughs) No, yeah, no. I mean, I I relate to all of it. And I I think you've talked about this before with me about taking, having to take the mask off, like when you get home and wear these different faces. And I definitely went through that myself. And I talk about it on my podcast too. And that's a really tough way to live. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're living like that, then you are not being your authentic self. And I think it's really important to understand what's holding you back from that. And it could very well be a toxic work environment, something going on at work. You know, I felt that shift when I left and went from my first corporate job to my next corporate job. And I'm not saying either place was perfect or either place was horrible, um, but I just noticed a big change in being like, I really felt like I, after a couple months, I was really feeling like myself. I like, I was really in touch with who I was. There was not a lot of this taking the mask down, wearing these different kind of, I mean, suits. I really was wearing a lot of suits. So wearing different suits, 
I even started to dress differently, Amy, which is so wild, right? Like I started to dress more femininely (laughs) when I started working for um, the other company because I felt like I could. Like I was dressing almost Mm -hmm. like a guy, like not like a Mm -hmm. guy, but like, you know, I was wearing all suits. I don't think I owned any like dresses at the time. I was taking on this role because I thought that's who I was supposed to be. That's the mask I was putting on. But behind, you know, closed doors and behind the emails and behind the one-liners and behind the meetings and all of that, there were all these other skills in leadership that I had that were really great. And I was pushing them down and not even taking advantage of them, like empathy, like, you know, EQ and SQ that you've taught me about, right? So I was doing them as I tuned into myself and I grew as a leader and I had a larger team. And I was able to tap into the feminine side. And it's interesting because you were talking about how you listened to my episode 100 of the relaunch and how it was a recap Mm -hmm. of, you know, all my top listened to episodes. And one of my top listened to solo episodes is the gender of leadership. And I talk about just what you were talking about, about how we have male and female traits. I think everybody does in leadership and we need to embrace both sides. And that you're right, the IQ has really been focused on a lot in the workplace, and we've kind of ignored the EQ. And now you're totally just, you know, breaking down the walls with the SQ because people are like, what is that? You know, but it's there as well. It is. And we'll probably continue to uncover as, you know, women are more and more involved in, in growing businesses. And it's just so exciting to watch all of this happen. I always say the future is female. And I say that not because men don't have a place at the table. It's because we have a place at the table now and we're growing and we're being listened to. And the future is female because of that. And it's exciting. And we're bringing in these elements of the importance of EQ, SQ, these things that were not looked at before. And I, as you can tell, get so excited about that because they are (laughs) so important. And it really revs me up too, because it's fun to have your own business because you get to work with not always in the beginning. I will say this, anyone out there listening to this, <laughs> not always in the beginning, but eventually you do get to work with the people you really want to work with. And, you know, the men that I work with, I'm very fortunate because the majority of them, I would say pretty much all of them are in tune with this. They understand the EQ and the importance of empathy and emotion. And yeah, I mean, we could talk, we could go on with the list and list and list of things, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a different day. And I'm happy to see that really happy to see Yeah, me as well. Me too. And when you say the future is female, and you say it also includes men, I'm like, yes, because I think of just the energies, the masculine and the feminine energies that we all have. And what feminine energies have men had to shove down? So of course, the future is female, because none of this energy overall has been able to really infiltrate the workspace and now it can. So I have a ton of male clients that come to me because they want a safe space to not be judged because they want deeper meaning. They're looking for something bigger than themselves. They want to make an impact on something bigger than just, I shouldn't say just, but then just their customers and their shareholders. They want that ripple effect to go out farther. And now It's like, yeah, here's a safe space to do this. You have permission to tap into that side and feel whole because they probably don't feel whole either. Yeah, I agree with you. So it's a really like, yeah, it's a really beautiful thing. And I can't remember the exact statistic, probably gonna have the percentage off, so I'm not gonna quote it too much, but Harvard Business Review came out with some data 
that showed that no matter how much data you have when you're making a leadership decision, most of it comes from your gut. That's the way they phrase it. Or your leadership decisions end up coming from your gut or your gut instinct. Well, in SQ, to me, that's your higher self. That's your inner wisdom. So if you're going to be making decisions from your gut, you better have a pretty strong Mm -hmm. gut. And so that's why these male clients are coming to me because they want a stronger gut now. I don't call it the gut. I was going to say, I'm sure you get a little deeper than that with them, Amy. I know you enough now. Yeah. But this is interesting. And I love this topic too, because my poor husband, I love you, honey, if you're listening to this episode, but he, I use him as like an example on a lot of my episodes because I have watched this when we met at work actually. So it's been a really, you know, wonderful experience to share that. And so I've even done an episode on that. You know, what is that dynamic like, right? To work with your spouse, significant other and things like that. But I watched him not like he has feminine qualities as I have masculine, right? And like we complement each other really well, which is why we got married. (laughs) So, you know, um, but in addition to that, I see in his leadership style, he's a chef in a totally different line of business, but he's kind of like, I always tell him, I'm like, you're a pace setting leader. He likes to do things like, you know, where he shows and, you know, actually works, which makes sense for a chef, right? To be a pace setting leader. But with him, It is interesting because if he's not in the right work environment, he does exactly what you're talking about. He will shove down these qualities that he has. He is a very sensitive person. Again, sorry, honey, I'm sharing this, but he's a very sensitive person. I'm not as sensitive as him. I am a little bit more black and white, but he is a very sensitive person. That's a wonderful quality to have. He gets very tuned into people like very quickly, right? With that. Um, There's a couple different areas that he's... He's very artistic and, you know, sometimes that can be seen as more feminine than masculine. And, you know, if he's not in the right work environment, that doesn't, he doesn't get an outlet for that. You know, I mean, there's a a several examples of this, but I've always found that fascinating. I've kind of used him as my muse for that conversation. And I watch him go to like kind of a, um, a suppressed, but also a depressed kind of state sometimes if he's not in the right work environment because he needs that. He's a creator. He needs that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. He needs to be feel open enough to feel the, his sensitivity and creativity and these outlets that are considered feminine, right? But those are just a part of who he is. It's that energy of him. And if he doesn't have the ability to let that energy out, where's that going to go, right? Like, what is he going to do with that? That's mm-hmm. half of him. That's the half. That's the feminine side. So... Mm-hmm. I've really, it's been fascinating to watch that with him and it's been a real learning experience for me. And it also helps me reflect too on, you know, my feminine and masculine as well, because, you know, balancing those really, really important and making sure I'm aligned there and everything I do has to be aligned as far as work and my outlets as well, because my qualities are a little bit different than his and traits, but I think it's really important to watch that. So having somebody in my life where I can see that, it's been fascinating, really has been. And it's a daily reminder and a daily practice and like a lifelong journey, for sure. Yeah, I think so too. So what would you say a servant leader is? So this is something everybody talks about right now. This is like a super hot topic. (laughs) Yeah, this is a super hot topic. So, you know, I think sometimes people think that a servant leader is someone. So I kind of like to answer this question too, is I get asked this a lot. 
So I think sometimes people think that a servant leader is someone that just always puts, you know, their people first. Like that's the kind of the easy explanation for it or the easy answer. And I don't think there's an easy answer for a servant leader, to be honest. Um, I think servant leaders, I think it's actually a very, a very complicated question about what servant leadership is. I think a servant leader is very in tune with not just their IQ, but their EQ and SQ like you've taught me. Um, but I think they're really in tune with themselves because you have to be in tune with yourself before you're, you have the ability to serve others. So, you know, I think it's interesting that a lot of people just think that a servant leader, it means they serve their people. Sure, but you really have to be able to serve yourself, fill your cup up, all those cliches that we say, right, before you can really give to others. So I think truly, in my opinion, that a servant leader is someone that truly understands themselves, understands themselves as a leader, understands their focus, their mission, their vision, and then they're able to implement that to their people. That's truly what a servant leader is to me, because I think we really have leadership backwards. I think that, you know, we thrust people and I'm like raising my hand because I was guilty of this and I didn't know I was 21, 22 years old getting thrown into this corporate job. I didn't know who I was as a leader. I didn't know how to lead. Right. And so how could I even think about being a servant leader? Because I didn't even know who I was as a leader. And I think um, changing kind of the narrative and how we go about leadership. I think that's what I like to focus on when I talk about servant leadership is yourself. And that sometimes confuses people because they're like, well, servant leadership is all about giving back to your people, putting your people first, taking care of them. But the reality is, if you don't know what style leadership you have and how you want to lead and what your mission in life is and what's important to you, how are you going to serve your people? How are you going to give them what they need? And how are you going to guide them in the direction um, that they need to go? And how are you even going to pick the right people for your team? You need to know what kind of people you want for your team, right? So uh, to me, that's where servant leadership starts and then it evolves from there. That's how I like to answer that. Yeah. I love that answer. And one of the skills in SQ is making wise and compassionate decisions. It's skill 19. I I don't know if I think I discussed this with you in a different conversation before. Every leader, not every, there are some leaders that do the SQ experience with me. And when we talk about making wise and compassionate decisions, we uncover they need to make those for themselves because they have taken this servant leadership buzzword that's all over Mm -hmm. the workplace right now and basically killed themselves trying to be a servant leader. They have no boundaries. They've become the person that everyone can vent to and they have given all of their energy and they have nothing else to give. And oh, by the way, that led to burnout (laughs) or that can lead to burnout. We've been there, right, Amy? We've been there. We've done it. I've got the, I've got, I don't, I'm, I don't just have the t-shirt. I have the track suit, the hat, the matching yep. shoes. I've done it. You've done yes. it. Yes. <laughs> been there. Yes. And so yeah. we have to get into conversations about boundary setting. And the fact that you mentioned it's an inner thing, it's a, let's take a look in the mirror and fix me first. Major data behind the energy you show up with actually ripples out 10 times over to your team if you're the leader. If you're the person in power, whatever vibe you have is going to be magnified 10 times over to your team. 
So then imagine that ripple effect out. And then that as they go out to their teams and their teams, et cetera, et cetera. So you talked about a full cup. I just heard a quote a week ago that said, you're not supposed to give from a full cup. You're supposed to give from the overflow. Of the oh, I love that cup. even more. Okay, I'm taking that from you. <laughs> I love that even more. So yeah, once you're, I, I mean, I didn't think about it like that. That's beautiful because when you're full, you're full. But once it starts flowing over, you can give back. Oh, beautiful. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. And it gave, mm-hmm. like, I have the chills right now because I tend to overgive and then I feel tired and I don't know why. And well, it's because mm-hmm. I'm not, we talk about balance this whole conversation. It's well, it's because I'm not balanced in my giving and receiving. And right. I'm supposed to only be giving from my overflow. That was a big lesson I learned on this journey of being a solopreneur and doing all the things that I'm trying to do, as you know. Yes. Okay. So I end. Every episode of Create Magic at Work, pulling, you're familiar with a journal prompt card from my journal prompt card deck. I love these. (laughs) I love these. I love these so much, you guys. If you guys don't have these, like I'm going to be like a total fangirl right now. These are so awesome. You need them. You need them. They're amazing. Okay. So we're going to pick a message meant specifically for you and the listeners right now. And let's see what you get. And then you can answer a question that comes up for everyone. Cool. Oh, I, I feel like, hmm. Okay. Of course, you and I get this. We got partnership. I love it. Yeah. So the affirmation is the people in my network are supportive and genuine. So repeat that to yourself. The people in my network are supportive and genuine. Maya, what are, I can't even believe this right now. What are some ways we, you, I can create a give and take balance with work. I know that we just talked so about creepy. giving and receiving. That is I, so creepy. It's cre- yeah, I, I swear, you guys. I swear, <laughs> I just watched her shuffle the deck. She does so not have this weird. planned. It sounds like you had to, this plan, I know, but you it did does not. sound it's like so a plan. <laughs> Welcome to the universe, right? I love this. Okay, so how can we, tell me the question one more time, Amy, so I can process. So what are ways... We can create a give and take balance with work. I love that question. I think it's really understanding when, at least for me, because I'm like you, I overgive, right? And I think for me, I, I always used to think, oh, you can't overgive, like giving, 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 whatever you give, you get back. And there is a part of that that I do think is true, right? Whatever you give, you get back. I believe in that positive energy and all of those things. But there's a big but there. <laughs> but there comes a point when, you know, sometimes I have to say, you know what? I'm a little too tired. I, I am going to shut the computer. I am going to, you know, it'll be there tomorrow, right? I am going to not take that phone call. I am going to sit and, you know, watch a TV show with my husband or sit down and have dinner or you know, the give and take. So for me, the give and take is more about balance and also being really aware. And that balance is is looking at my life, like where I'm balanced in my life. And for my personal journey, I have, and you do too, Amy, I know you have more than one thing going on because I have this podcast. I have, you know, my podcast, my opinion, I have surviving siblings coming out next month. I have a lot of stuff going on. So I have to look at how much am I giving to certain areas and businesses, right? And then people, who am I giving to? And, you know, you have to look, I think, also at the balance of that. Like, who do these people play in my life, right? Like, 
if it's someone that I have a business relationship with, am I spending the appropriate amount of give and take there, right? Really looking at those things and analyzing that. And, you know, is my husband giving me more or taking more, right? Like we need to keep that balance, right? Same with my friendships. So it takes a little bit of work, but it's really worth it. And I think that's something that I would advise anybody listening to this as well is it's kind of taking accountability for your life in the give and take. That's what creates more balance for you. And I've given myself a little bit more grace. And that's actually a goal for me. So I love that we picked this card too. A goal for me this year is, you know what, if, I, if I've if i worked a, a lot and I just can't make it to that one more networking event, or if I can't make it to that one more, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. That's kind of my motto with the give and take situation right now. Yeah, it'll be there tomorrow, right? Yes. And the the regrets of the dying, they never regretted overworking when they surveyed people that are dying in hospice. That's not really something that came up. No. Was I regret not working more. Yes. It's it's (laughs) right not going places or like and it's not it's not going to the networking events, guys. It's going to dinner with my family, spending time with my family, going and seeing somewhere, things like that, experiential things and connect connectivity things like that, that people miss to your point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I regret connecting more with the people that I love. Absolutely. And that mean the most to me. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Oh, this has been a really great uh, conversation. So if people want to learn more about you and how can they reach out to you and please talk about your new um, podcast series that's coming out. Yeah. Well, of course we've already talked about uh, the, my opinion podcast, We took a little bit Mm -hmm. of a break. Um, We have new episodes coming out February 28th. So they'll be out every Monday, Maya's Motivation Monday. You've been on it. If you guys haven't listened to Amy on it, make sure you (laughs) listen to her episode. But yes, I have a new podcast coming out. It's called the Surviving Siblings Podcast. Um, The date right now, we're shooting for March 16th. So it'll give or take a week on that. Um, So March 2022, here we come. The Surviving Siblings Podcast. This is a passion project for me. I lost my brother uh, to a homicide, which I mentioned brief, briefly already, in uh, mm-hmm. November 2016. And so mm-hmm. this is my five-year journey um, sharing it. I'm sharing everything. And it's 10 episodes. Just first season is raw. I'm sharing it all. It's been very intense. I'll tell you that right now, <laughs> Amy, to share this. Um, but if you've lost a sibling or if you've gone through loss or you know someone that's going through it, I um, I just realized there weren't any resources out there except for a few books here and there. And we do have some authors that will actually be coming on for season two that wrote books about it. So we're very excited about that. You can read about all of this at my website. Super, super easy. It's just my first and last name, Maya Roffler, M-A-Y-A-R-O-F-F-L-E-R.com. And I have links to everything, all the podcasts, everything that I do. And my social media is the same. It's Maya Roffler on Instagram, LinkedIn. Those are where I hang out the most, but I'm on Facebook and Twitter too. Yeah. I can't wait to listen uh, to your surviving siblings. I can't imagine going through that because I never have. I just, one of the skills in SQ is what is your level, and it can fluctuate throughout your life, of sustaining faith uh, through difficult times. And how do you do that? And what's in your tool bag to be able to do that? And so I'm, I'm just really, I can't wait to listen and to learn from you and your experience and just learn the light that you can bring from from the dark time that you went through. So 
Thank you for doing that. I'm sure it wasn't easy. It was not, but now I'm on the editing side of it with my uh, producer because I did not want to edit. I wanted to record and then because listening to it back to your point is a little tough. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Coming out on the other side, I definitely had a totally different level of coping uh, skills, faith, totally different outlook on life. So yeah, happy to share it. Definitely happy to. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I encounter a lot of people with the SQ experience went through difficult moments, you know, losing a loved one. And I'm just amazed at how they, what you just said, have these, these moments of, I am grateful for life. And they find this light through this darkness that it really just amazes me. I I can't think of another word I keep saying. So can't wait to hear it. Thank you so much for sharing, for being vulnerable. I know we sent a ton of magic to all the listeners today. So thank you for being on the show, Maya. Thank you for having me. And I, yes, we definitely sent some magic. So thank you, Amy. And thank you guys for listening to me. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Amy here. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Create Magic at Work. And please come back often and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Keep joining us for more exciting episodes where we help you transform workplace culture to systems that create less trauma and stress and have high productivity and profitability. You can get your own tools for the workplace at createmagicatwork.net. I have a new Create Magic at Work, the journal that just released, and it invites you to reflect about different themes for work in your career. Each section of the journal contains a topic, an affirmation, and two prompt questions to help you journal your thoughts. Topics are like inspiring others, mentorship, expansion, and productivity. So connect with me at createmagicatwork.net. Also connect with me on LinkedIn under Amy Lynn Durham. Sending magic to everyone and see you next time.